Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello and welcome to episode 10. Gosh, I'm in double digits. That's a bit of a novelty. I don't quite know what I thought would happen when I started doing this on a whim between Christmas and New Year, but um, I've made it to 10 episodes, so that's sort of quite exciting, isn't it? Anyway, thank you to everyone who's contacted me over the last couple of weeks. Some of you have contacted me to wish me a happy birthday, which was lovely. Thank you so much. A lot of you have contacted me about Lily. Thank you so very, very much. And I'm sure you'll be as delighted as I am to know that if you haven't caught up with the Ravelry boards, that Lily is actually back. I went into the work on the Monday after I recorded the last podcast and decided just before um, going out on the yard that I would actually start to phone around local vets just on the off chance that someone had found her body or you know worst case scenario that's always me um, and was delighted to find that my vets actually had her account that matched her description someone had found her about a mile away from home um, on Sunday so she'd already been found by the time I'd actually recorded the podcast and uh, I went after school on Monday to go and find her. They hadn't actually recognised her. I mean, it's been a while since she's been there, but the last time she was there, she weighed um, just over seven kilos, uh, and I'd be lucky, I suppose, if she weighs even sort of three at the minute. So they wouldn't have recognised her, even had they twigged who she was. But she's home, she's safe, she's confused. I got her home on the, the Monday, she was absolutely filthy, she was very cross, she was very, very hungry. Um, the vet took some blood before I took her home to see if there was anything causing the um, excessive appetite. I got home on Tuesday to find that she had wandered out into the middle of the road, collapsed in the middle of the road, and a very kindly neighbour had taken her in and kept her all day. So um, I then rigged up some kind of cat proofing around the back gate um, so that she couldn't get out of the back garden and go a-wondering. I don't know why she's she's wondering and wanting to escape, but now she can't actually get out of the back garden. She doesn't even want to go into the back garden. Um, she's been very contrary. Anyway, the blood tests came back. She's got an overactive thyroid. She's got signs of heart disease, um, and which has high blood pressure, which is probably also masking kidney disease. So for the best part of the last two weeks, she's been on medication. We have seen an improvement. I think she was probably very fatigued in, in the distance that she'd walked. But she's also not quite right, and she still has wobbly moments. Um, she had one today when I came in. So, you know, we're keeping an eye on her. She's not in the best of health, but she is home, and she's safe. And I was really, really touched by everybody who contacted me. So thank you so very, very much. Well, what have I been doing in the last couple of weeks, apart from worrying about my cat and then trying to feed her tablets? Um... Not much in the knitting and crocheting. Certainly, I went over a week without doing any knitting or crocheting at all because basically I was spinning. I was having, uh, every time I was sneaking off for a bit of um, of a yarn or fibre fix, I was sneaking up to the wheel. Um, so I have now spun my first yarn on the, the wheel, merino tops, uh, about 60 grams worth, in some orange and two shades of brown. 
So I split it, um, so I had colour repeats, spun two bobbins of singles and then plied them. And I'm quite pleased with it. It's very balanced, which um, I'm very, very proud of. It's a bit lumpy, it's a bit sort of thick and thin in places. It's not as consistent as um, an experienced spinner, but it's certainly not too bad, I don't think, for your first attempt. Um, so I am proud of it. Um, no idea what I'm going to make of it, if anything. Um, it's probably going to become art yarn, um, but it's a very pleasant experience of spinning. The only trouble is now, um, I had something on my spindle, and um, I've started spinning something that I bought at Wonderwall last weekend, and both of them are coming out of the thickness of spider's web. So this could be a bit of a problem if I want to spin some make something that's ultimately going to be a three-ply iron weight yarn to make a cardigan from, I could have a bit of a problem. But I'm hoping that this is just going to be a phase and then I'll work out what I can do to to sort of control the thickness um, of it. But I am getting it to spin continually, which is I'm really, really impressed with. This last weekend, I have actually um, been doing some more crochet. I've crocheted the last of my blocks for the NYOBE exchange um, for round five so I just need to parcel those up and get them in the post tomorrow and that's me all done unless I decide to do um, a square or two for myself I'm going to see what I've got I've got one outstanding um, and then I'll have 12 green and browns from this round plus I've got about 14 or 15 from the last round so um, I'm then going to see whether I'm going to mix them up or whether I'll make two separate sort of smaller afghans with them. So we'll see, we'll just see how they go. Um, so I may make a couple just to, to fill some gaps, but that's that done. Um, like an Egypt, I've signed up for a, another exchange. It's called Baker's Dozen. Um, but this isn't getting 12 blocks done in a three-month period. This is getting 12 blocks done over a 13-month period. You just make one block a month. Um, and every month there's a nominated member of the month that everyone in the group sends their blocks to and then um, when it's your turn and you're the member of the month you don't need to make anything everyone just sends you one so you know that's quite nice now that's got a much freer yarn weight and yarn type um, the NYOBE is very much fixed to the 75% uh, acrylic 25% wool composition that's probably what they're looking for um, and it's it's worsted weight whereas you can specify what you want in terms of colour and what you want in terms of yarn weight, but obviously not in terms of composition because that's a bit mean. I'd like uh, I'd like all of my blocks to be silk lace weight. No, it's, it's not going to work, is it really? But you can at least say, right, I'd like everything to be, you know, DK weight or, you know, and in warm colours, or I'd like everything to be Aran weight and in neutrals. So um, I'm quite looking forward to it. So I've got to one, one to make by the 15th. I've chosen the yarn. haven't chosen the pattern yet, but that's all well and sorted um, and I've got a couple of Shyla um, blanket blocks to make for um, other blankets that I've pledged for. I've had my last one come in for my own for Andrew and Claire. I'm just chugging through doing the crochet borders on that. I should be quite pleased actually when I've got all of you know this NYOBE blanket done and Andrew and Claire's Shyla blanket done because I do feel that I've done not very much apart from those uh, and I'm my finished objects list for 2010 is looking very skimpy. I did laugh, <laughs> Riley, um, when I saw a little write-up that was for the podcast in Let's Knit, um, which some of us at the Knit Group very cruelly 
term let's not knit because um, we're not over fond of some of the patterns in it at times um, because they, they'd obviously looked on my Ravelry page and said um, keep up with Nick as she documents her adventures with yarn as she attempts to make a pair of socks a month yeah I did say that didn't I I put that down in my Ravelry page as a 2010 resolution well here we are a third of the way through the year so we're on May we're in month five we should have four pairs of completed socks I have one pair of completed socks. The Shiloh blanket really has taken up a lot of knitting time and, and this NYOB blocks. And do you know what? It, it, I'm not actually that bothered. I thought I might be, but I'm not. I might be able to make up so that I end up having 12 pairs of socks by the end of the year. I seriously doubt it. But actually this, the Shiloh blanket for Andrew and Claire is such a labour of love that I just don't begrudge the time it's taking for anything else. Um, I shall just be, I will be glad when it's done and then I can present it and then I can move on because I do really want to make a couple more sweaters and I don't feel like I can start another sweater until that's finished. I can do little accessory type things but I can't really move on um, from a sweater uh, until I've got those two big projects out of the way. Plus I'm itching to finish up a couple of sweaters that have been lurking down in the hibernating section um, of my Ravelry page for so long that it's excruciating. Uh, one of which is a pinwheel sweater that only needs a sleeve, for heaven's sake. That's all, just one sleeve and the cuff on the other sleeve done when I, you know, so I can get them to the map to the same length. And it's just ridiculous. It really shouldn't be taking me, you know, over two years to do that. But it, it well, it hasn't taken me over two years to do it. I bought the yarn over two years ago. Um, my husband got it me as a present from Wonderful Wales the first time I went in 2008. And then I didn't cast on with it until April last year with an aim to get it finished by Wonderful. Actually had it in the car with me on, on the way down and worked a little bit on it, but not much. Uh, unfortunately then, the first full week in May last year was sweltering. And there was no way I wanted all that arrow white yarn on my lap because by then it must have been, oh God, it must have been 600, 700 grams worth of arrow white, I'm sure, on my lap in a heat wave. <laughs> so I put it in a bag and I have to say, I, apart from weaving in the ends, I've done nothing on it. I am very pleased that I've, I have woven in the ends. I, I finished off doing the loopy eye called border, which was a bit of a pain. I finished that. And um, I've woven in all of the ends from the colour changes. Um, so it's all, it's it's good to go. I just need to finish the sleeve on it. So that's maybe what I'm going to do when I've finished these blankets, get them out of the way. And then crack on with uh, finishing that up and I shall feel pleased. I shall get rid of a, a hibernating UFO. Uh, and I've got another one, a little cardigan in silkway iron, which I might knock out because I'm fairly sure that really isn't going to take a great deal of effort. It just needs to be done really and if I can get it done then hoorah another thing hibernating and off the list anyway uh, you heard me mention wonderful wonderful uh, wonderful Wales and uh, that's where I was not this weekend but last weekend a friend and I went down um, someone I've known for years who we actually knew each other and met each other through guiding um, not through yarn activities at all um, when we knew each other she could crochet but I don't know that she did particularly at that point I could knit and crochet and definitely didn't and 
it's sort of only in recent years that she's taken up the crochet again and has actually expanded into getting uh, a knitting machine because she can't knit um, and ref absolutely refuses to let me teach her because she says I, she won't be able to do it because people have tried before. Well, you know, I just think you're just being a bit defeatist there, dear. And um, and she also has um, bought a spinning wheel just before um, I got mine. So we're sort of spinning, comparing spinning and... Um, it was just really nice to take her out for the day, actually, and uh, her partner came as well, but I think he lasted about 10 minutes, no, maybe that's maybe half an hour. He got as far as the specialist scotch egg provider with their 37 different types of scotch egg. Did you know there could be 37 different types of scotch egg? I have to say, I had a black pudding one, and it was beautiful, really nice, uh, and then I had a vegetarian one with chickpeas and cheese around it as well, and that was lovely too. Um, but he stayed, had some scotch eggs, and then wandered down into Bilf Wells and uh, had a walk along the river and um, a pub lunch. Uh, while H and I had a, a brilliant time, just sort of mooching around. I don't think I approached it with any sense of purpose at all. H had made a little list of everyone that she wanted to see, and I think she saw everybody that that she could find on the list. But I didn't have any sort of purpose of which way I was going up and down, so I know there were aisles that I still missed some people on, and others that I went up five or six times, um, but I had a very nice time. Um, I have recorded some audio for you, which I will play. Um, I also got a couple of interviews, but I realised afterwards as I came away that <laughs> that the two interviews that I've taken actually end up concentrating on UK knit camp. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to hold them for a little while, maybe yeah probably put them out next time um and actually focus a show entirely on what's coming up in the uk knit camp and ravelry weekend in sterling in august so if you haven't heard of that at all um and you have no idea what's going on then the interviews that i've got with joe and john um will probably work really well with that so i think that's what i'm going to do i'm going to save those two for next time's show and do a whole show on the UK knit camp. There, that sounds like a good idea. So the little bits of audio you've got are actually really, really short, and no great interviews with anyone. You know, I have not quite got the guts yet to pounce on an unsuspecting punter in a show who's wearing a beautiful liesel made with handspun, for example, which I saw beautiful with blues and greens handspun, three different colours. Ah, oh, fabulous. Or um, the lady I saw in the distance who was wearing the... Um, county cardigan, the, the original one with the little square pattern in it that Ruth um, Sorensen, I think it's Ruth Sorensen, has designed. Um, or the the lady wearing a gorgeous um, hay teach in green. You know, I, I need to get over my nerves. I need to pounce on these people and uh, say, tell me about your knitwear. But um, I've not quite got the guts yet. But maybe when I go to the UK knit camp, um, I can do that. Maybe I'll have the guts by then. Maybe I can get a little press pass and wander around going, I am press. Tell me about your knitwear. Or maybe I can't. Maybe that's just bizarre. But never mind. Anyway, here's the first piece of audio taken during a break outside. Well, I'm just taking a break from um, the show at the moment. I've just come outside, dropped some of my shopping bags off in the car. That's uh, sadly how much I've bought. Although in my defence... 
that uh, a lot of it's books, that's why it's heavy, so I need to go and drop it off back in the car. And I'm just taking a break um, by one of the parade rings here at the Royal Welsh Showground. Um, the actual Wonderwall Wales exhibition is taking place in, I think it's in the Carcass Halls, um, <laughs> attractively named. Um, but presumably when the Royal Welsh show is on, that is where the carcasses are displayed for the judging classes. Um, I'm not at all sure what agricultural shows are like in other countries, but here in Britain, um, the few that I've been to, which is predominantly the tame show down in Oxfordshire, um, involves a lot of aspects, different aspects of farming, sometimes ploughing, um, livestock classes where breeds are judged against a breed standard um, in much the same way that dogs are and cats are judged against breed standards. Um, but also there are carcass competitions where you're looking at um, presumably um, the fat lay, the best way, um, or, or the way that the the carcass has been butchered, how much fat to meat ratio is on it. Um, I'm assuming <laughs> I could be completely making it up and it just could be like how heavy it weighs, I don't know. Um, but with the Wonderful Wales competition is being held in the what I think is the carcass hall. Now when I've been here in the last two occasions, one part of that has actually been um, host to the Mid Wales Mouthful Food Festival. Um, so the exhibitors for Wonderwall um, have been in, I'd say, half to two-thirds of the hall and the food festival has been in the other part. This year there is no food festival. Um, so there is a feeling as we fill the whole hall that the Wonderwall exhibition is actually more spacious. Um, so it's hard to tell whether there are more people here or less people here than last year. It just feels slightly different because there is more room to move around. Um, I haven't been through all of it yet. Um, my friend Hazel is currently um, inside having a look for things that she wants to buy. Um, I've been looking predominantly at spinning um, accessories and um, yarn uh, and uh, fibre. I bought some lovely fibre from DT Crafts um, that I'm going to have a go at spinning and then Navajo plying because it goes in colour from um, purples, pinks through to a sort of grey, but all just in one long colour run. So I'm going to see if I can uh, spin that and then Navajo ply it. The, the way I'm spinning, um, actually that's not fair, I am spinning, um, I'm, I'm, when I'm spinning, I'm spinning quite comfortably and at a reasonable rate. Um, I just don't do it very often at the moment, so I uh, suspect that to be uh, spun and plied by around about Christmas 2012. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, what else have I bought? Um, I've bought some um, Manx Aran yarn from one of my favourite stores, Sheepfold. They have um, uh, uh, ranges of felted bags and British breed yarns to support it and I do love it and every year I come here I buy another breed of yarn so that I can make another bag. Uh, I've bought Herdwick from them in the past and Jacobs so this year it's Manx it's a lovely caramel brown colour so very nice. I actually bought their book as well so I haven't bought a kit this time I've bought a book so I've got a whole range of patterns to choose from. Um, so far I think that that's fairly it in terms of yarn and fibre. The rest of it is books. Um, I've bought a, a Barbara Walker Stitch di Dictionary. Um, I've bought a couple of copies of Spin-Off Magazine. And um, I, think, I think that's it. I've bought a, 
uh, handy andy Andean playing tool, which will save my finger turning blue, which is going to be a good thing. Um, but I'm going back in now because I haven't yet come across blue faced and um, I thought posh yarns were going to be here and I haven't found them yet so I'm going to go and have a look and I can't see them in the brochure so maybe they're not. Maybe I've missed out on some important news I should have noticed. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to go back in and uh, see what I can find for you and maybe get some um, more clips from uh, inside audio and maybe get a few uh, sound bites from people as well. So as you heard there, I had already been shopping. Um, the DT Crafts Fibre, I think it's um, some kind of wool, possibly Blueface Leicester, mixed with, I think it's Tencel, and that's what I'm currently spinning on the spinning wheel that's coming out very, very thin. Um, at that point, I had already, before I'd even bought that, bought some Total Impulse by Lace Weight from Knitwitches. Knitwitches does the most beautiful yarn. And if I come across her again this year at a show, I'm going to ask if I can record her telling me about the um, Kashmir yarn gasm story. I'm not going to tell it. I think she will tell it so much better than I will. Um, so if I come across her again this year, I'm going to ask if um, she'll tell you that story for recording. Very funny. Uh, anyway, this was a gorgeous um, lace weight in, um, I think it's, it's a silk blend, if I remember rightly, and it's gorgeous rich red wine colour called Ruby Pumps, I think, not Ruby Slippers, I think it's called Ruby Pumps. Of course, I'm so organised, I've got to put it upstairs and uh, I haven't got it to hand, so, because I'm a silly billy, but um, it's just absolutely beautiful. So what else did I get after I went back in? Well, um, a couple of interviews and which I've, as I've said to you I'm actually going to save until next time you'll hear me reference them um, I bought towards the very end of the afternoon um, some beautiful caramel alpaca fleece um, combed carded um, and all prepped ready for spinning from an alpaca called Jessica it's a gorgeous caramel colour uh, I've got 250 grams of fibre from a company called um, Black Mountain Alpacas. Now the Black Mountains are very close to the Bracken Beacons, um, so they're really very close to Bill's in in you know real terms compared to um, the journey that I'd made, for example. Um, and it's actually um, very close to the area that my mother's family come from. And uh, while I got chatting to her, it turned out that although she didn't know any of my family. Um, one of the ladies was having on her stall did, so that was quite uh, that was quite interesting. Of course, she then asked me what what all my cousins uh, were doing, and I, because I don't keep up with them that much as much as one of my other cousins does um, through young farmers, I wasn't able to just sort of say much apart from, well, I know so and so's married, and and um, I think this one's got a baby, um, and that was that was it really. Um, but that was quite a you know a small world um, as it often is. During the day, I did bump into. Um, a former colleague of mine who I actually met at uh, Make Do and Mend in Liverpool, uh, Make Do and Mend, Make Do and Knit in Liverpool at the end of March. So it was lovely to see her again. Um, the only other thing that I think I bought that I haven't listed, oh, I bought two skeins of merino lace weight from Sparkle Duck. They're, they're a company I'd never heard of before, but they had some very nice colourways. I was talking to her and she was far too shy to come on the podcast, but she said that she gets a lot of inspiration for her colourways from the birds in her garden. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting. And you could see definitely the ones that were sort of based on the collar doves and the one that were based on the pigeons, well, the varying shades of grey with colours in. Um, 
so I'll put a link up to her in the show notes. Um, and I also bought some um, fiber tops again, I think, from the Threshing Barn, um, which are a very uh, near, just outside Leek in Staffordshire. Staffordshire? Or is, Dar- is Leek's Derbyshire? I don't know. It's very close to the point where Derbyshire, Cheshire and Staffordshire meet Leek. Um, just on just south of Macclesfield where I used to live um, where H and I met we're, we're both living actually when we met and um, I bought some lovely green merino tops from her that's on an enormous great big wool bobbin now the story behind this of course caught my imagination um, I'm a bit of a oh god I'm terrible for buying anything that's got a bit of history I, I can't if something's got some history um, that's not just associated with my personal history, but anything so far back in time, I'm terrible for throwing it out. I really can't. And um, this is 150 grams of uh, merino wrapped around a wool bobbin from um, a mill. And she said that it's the the bobbin itself is at least 50 years old. It's been 30 years in a woolen mill in Bradford. Well, one of my great grandfathers was a carder in a woolen mill, not in Bradford, uh, but uh, in you know in not far away um in uh Liversedge. um so it's not you know realistically that far away in yorkshire then so of course that appealed immediately to me it then um moved down to a silk mill in macclesfield so of course that hits one of my buttons as well uh was then sold on um in a batch lot to uh, a mill in bleak then found their way back to a silk cord mill in Macclesfield, uh, the owner of which the the of the business um, went out of business and left all the um, equipment in the mill in lieu of the rent that he owed. So the landlord of the mill building actually contacted the woman at the threshing barn and said, "Look, I've got all of these wool bobbins." you know, do you want to buy them off me? So she bought them off like four van loads to the, the roof of them and has used them to sell a lot of her um, fibre for spinning. So sucker for it. In, interesting enough, um, H bought some of exactly the same colour fibre to spin as well, although she didn't buy it on a wool bobbin. But um, that was kind of my big novelty buy if you like so I'm fairly sure that's everything covered of course I'll probably find when I put the photograph up on the show notes that actually I've missed something out of it but that was uh, that was very much it now there were lots of um, sights and sounds um, one of which was a loom from a museum um, I'll make reference to this in one of the other sound clips later so just to give you an idea of what it sounded like i'm just going to include a little clip now And that was actually really interesting to watch because it was such a rhythmic sound. When we'd heard it outside the hall, we'd assumed it must have been steam-powered or electrically-powered. But it is actually um, operated on foot pedals, like 
bicycle pedals that just go up and down and that very rhythmic sound is from up and down but as H said had the uh, lady who was operating it put the straps on on her feet she could have actually powered it from her upstroke as well as from her downstroke like you can on cycles so you know H knows her stuff I'm not that sure about bikes myself but there we are um, again I should have collared her talked to her about it but my overwhelming shyness and the fact that I'd only just gone in the hall and H was with me and I couldn't I'm just so useless at this as a roving reporter I just don't cut it do I but never mind but throughout the day wherever you were in the main hall you could hear that at regular intervals um, as she fired up the loom and started again and fired the shuttle through and it was absolutely fascinating it's a long while since i've seen um looms it's been a, a while since i've been to style mill or, or to paradise mill in macclesfield where you can see um cotton and silk looms and i'm not actually sure i've ever seen any wool looms so although i should imagine they all operate on the same um concept so throughout the day um that drifted across the halls. We'll finish up now um, with a final clip that just gives you a sense of the buzz inside the hall um, the, and, and the noise and the, the ambient level. I missed the sheep walk with the fashion show um, and I never made it to the Ravelry meetup um, but hopefully this gives you an idea of what it was like um, actually within the halls. So it's getting a bit later on in the afternoon now, the crowds are thinning out a bit, but there's still a happening buzz. Um, so I'm standing here now by some of the booths. The, it's a big space, um, the Carcass Hall, very much like a big industrial unit. So each of the little booths um, are corner booths or little U-shaped booths that the vendors have set up you know obviously with their wares with um, posters any advertising information it's a real range we've got spinners we've got knitters we've got yarn we've got fiber we've got woodwork um, i'm just looking now at funky felters where some people are showing are doing a demonstration of wet felting um, wet needle felting um, we've got repurposed clothing, um, weaving. The interview with Joe Watson um, was uh, marred, I hope not, but too badly, but with a little bit of a um, historic loom in the background. So every now and again you can hear um, the looms going. Um, but it, it's, a, it's been a real buzz and it's been a lovely day. So that was my our postcard from Wonderful. It, it's only ever a snapshot, that's all it can ever be. Um, but it is a wonderful experience and if you ever do get the chance to go, I would urge you to. Um, it is really good fun. Every year I go, I do keep thinking, I really need to go and do a weekend of it and go on both the Saturday and the Sunday because I never seem to see everything and always end up in a small heap um, at the end of the day. But it, it is brilliant. So you know if you can get there do so so that's it for this week um, it only remains for me to say that it is as a reminder the general election in case you could possibly have forgotten if you lived in the UK on Thursday and I would urge you please 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 go and use your vote don't think that it you know whatever you've got to say doesn't matter it does please do go and cast your vote for someone
If you'd like to contact the show, please feel free to do so um, at the Podbean site, www.yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com on the blog spot site, www.yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com or over on the Yarns from the Plane group at Ravelry. Thanks for joining me and see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plane. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>